Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I am Shane White. Today is episode 30. We've made it to 30 episodes already. Um, we were supposed to have our second guest today, um, and we had some mix-ups, so it's okay. We're going to have him on uh, in a few days, and that's going to be an amazing podcast. Um, what I wanted to talk about today uh, is going to be a fun topic. A couple of days ago, we went into futures trading, which was kind of a new concept even for me. And one that is similar but different is options. So just to kick it right off, today we're going to talk about options trading. I will be honest, I've done a little bit of options trading myself. I quickly, quickly over the last day of researching options trading more, realized it is extremely complex. Uh, it, it's a real robust way of investing. And instead of having an extremely long podcast that would take a ton of time, honestly, for me to totally get through, today we're going to do just like I've done with a lot of the podcasts to date, but more of like an options trading 101. And this is going to be like the high level, kind of the basic concepts that I think we need to start with on this podcast. And then my thought is uh, after laying the groundwork in 101, I can kind of kick off 102 uh, that'll probably come out relatively soon. And that way, people that you know have, don't know anything about options can listen to this one. People who already know a little bit about options, we can go a little deeper into 102. Uh, and I think having someone on the podcast that actually is a professional in this space might be awesome to interview to talk through 102. So the one thing I really wanted to throw out here today was if anyone knows someone who they think would be great for this podcast that knows a little more about options trading, please send them my way. would love to talk to them, meet them, potentially have them on the podcast. So before we jump into actual options trading 101 today, I want to give everyone a little Friday market performance. Um, one little thing I added, which I thought this would be kind of fun, is I always tell you guys how the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ are doing every single day. But after yesterday, uh, and I, yesterday morning's podcast, I kicked off an idea that you know I wanted to throw just ten dollars in the market using a lot of the strategies that I've talked about on here to date. So I did that, and now so I'm gonna have I'm still gonna have the Dow, the S and P, and the Nasdaq on a lot of these episodes that I talk through, and just kind of you know it'll be fun. It's like a time stamp stamp in the past, and then if you're you know listening to this real time. It'll be great for you if you haven't looked at the markets just to know, but I'll have those three indexes and now I'm going to have something called the Shane index, which is just using that um, pool of money that I talked about. And I'm sure that I'll evolve over time and I'll, I'll talk, talk about it in different ways, but I'm always going to have a benchmark of how I'm performing against these market indexes. I think as this podcast evolves, it'd be great to know just a lot of the strategies that I'm portraying for good and for bad. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people are scared to show the things they do poorly on, but that's what you learn the most from. So I felt like by putting this out there, it's going to be, able, it's going to help me understand how my performance is when it comes to investing. It'll also let you see if my ideas are working or not. And if they're not, it's not like the end of the world. I'll pivot. I'll learn how to do it better. We'll do different things. I definitely do not have the answers to everything here. And I, I have prefaced that I think on almost every single podcast and especially the first few. So 
getting wordy here. I'll jump right in. So the Dow, uh, the Friday markets are about to be closed. It's Friday afternoon. The Dow is going to finish today just over 1.2% up. The S&P 1.3 and the NASDAQ really winning the day at almost a 1.5% increase. And uh, it's amazing to see that again, you know, multiple digit up and down this week. It went back and forth. Uh, I think there's some optimism coming into the end of the week today. Um, and then the Shane index, uh, had a rough start yesterday. Uh, I don't know exactly how I performed on day one. I am down, uh, one percentage point, I believe is exactly where I'm at. Um, let me just double check live. I'm actually down 1.6%. So while the markets, um, you know, were up yesterday, that's where I am. And, uh, but all those markets are up over 1%. I'm up today. 0.24%. So a little bit behind the markets, which just so you guys know, as a benchmark, that's where I'm going to hope to be against these three. I'm always going to hope what I'm doing is outpacing those. So as any investor, if you can outpace a market, that means you're doing pretty damn well. All right. So options trading 101, as I said, options can be a complex topic. I'm going to break it down and make it simple today. So you, what you are when you're buying options, you're not actually buying physical stock. Like most of the time when we talk about on here, when we're buying a stock, we're buying a portion or a share of that company. What you're buying in options is you're really buying a contract or an option to buy a contract um, in the future at a specific price on a specific date. The difference between this and futures, futures are locked in. Options, when you get to that point, you have the option to buy or sell. You don't have to though. But when you, if you don't want to, you, do, you are paying what's called like a premium up front. So I'll get into all of that, but that's kind of the difference. So you're not actually buying a stock today if you buy an option, but you are, you're, buy, you're basically betting on an underlying asset. So you're betting the up or the downswing of an actual stock in this situation. And it can be off of more than just stocks. You can buy options on commodities and um, bonds and uh, lots of other currencies, for example. So if you buy what's called, there's two things, calls and puts. A little weird. And I, to be honest, I don't know why they're called calls and puts. That would probably have been a, a cool thing to look into today. But for a call, that gives you the right to buy. So calls equals buying an option. If you buy it, if you are investing in a put option, that's your right to sell. So you can either be on the buying or the selling side. Now, I kind of doing some research, I came across a couple of good examples and kind of turned them into my own for today. So I'm going to talk about a call option and an example of that and a put option and an example of that and kind of how they would work with the market. Um, and then we'll kind of go into the why. And that's going to be, that's going to be basically the 101 version of uh, options trading today. So the example I'm going to walk you through for buying a call option. And again, this is buying. I'm going to really talk mostly about the buying side versus the selling side, just because that's more of um, my understanding. There's less risk involved. And I think for a lot of you, buying a call or a put is going to be a better move than selling. On the selling side, you have a lot higher risk. You can have uh, some reward, but it basically a lot, but if you're selling, what, if you think about it, what, what that really means is most likely you're going to make a small amount of money, but you could lose a ton. So it's kind of, this depends on what side of the coin you want to be on. One of the actual 
it's funny. One of the most famous sellers of options is Warren Buffett, believe it or not. Um, and I can get, I'll get into this into the example, but insurance really is a way of selling options. So he owns Berkshire Hathaway, which owns Geico, which is one of the largest insurance agencies. So back to calling an option. So I'm going to call an option. If I buy an option, um, I am betting that in the future, I'm, so what you're, what you're hoping is you're going to buy an option at a specific price on a certain date. Your hope in the way you make money in this example is if when that date comes and you're ready to buy, the price is actually higher than the price that you bought your option at. So it'll make more sense now. So this example I came up with is, uh, so let's just say you're, you know, we're in Chicago and you're way out west in the suburbs. There's a new development going up. Now, they're not ready to build houses yet, but the plan is they're going to build buildings and malls and all kinds of shit around there first. So you're one of the first people looking at this, this spot. Then let's say you have the option of buying an option to buy a house in the future. So let's say two years from now. And let's say right now they're saying that house is going to be worth $400,000 in two years. So if you're buying that option today, you have to give them the down payment, right? And so we're gonna say in this example, the down payment is $20,000 for a $400,000 house. And so today you're paying the $20,000 to lock in that $400,000 price in two years. Now, two things could happen, right? All this development could happen, houses could go in, these malls show up, you have a top golf goes in down the street, you have really nice restaurants come in, and then in two years, you're like, okay, I'm ready to buy. And at that point, maybe the houses they're selling are now 800000 Well, you locked in the 400000 Remember that. But on the flip side of the coin, maybe all of those buildings fall through. Nothing gets developed. It's just cornfields surrounding this area. And when your option comes up, now you can still, now you have the ability to get that $400,000 house, but now they're saying it's only worth three. So it's less than what you put the down payment on for it. So those are the two examples. In the first example, if all that happens, the developments go up and the market value of that home is worth eight, you have the right to exercise that option. So what just happened? You just, you locked with $20,000, you locked down a $400,000 house. And in two years, that house doubled in value. So if you exercised your option, so the value of the market is up here, eight, you bought your head, your strike price, which is what happens in the options trading. So you have a strike price of 400, but you already gave the, the, the $20,000 uh, down payment. That's your premium. So now if you wanted to buy, have that house and then turn around and sell it, you made the $400,000. And then in the stock option world, you have to minus your premium. Your premium is, uh, is already baked in there. So you take that out of what you made. So that's how you can make money, right? But then what happens um, in that second scenario is the house is not worth 400,000. It's only worth 300,000. So at that point, it wouldn't be worth it for you to pay 400,000 to get this house in an area that it's not worth it. So you, you would basically what's called not exercise your option and you would actually just give up the $20,000 that you would put as a down payment. So if that makes sense, you can, uh, when you're buying a call, the potential up 
can be as high and it, it can go actually to infinity, right? That house could have been eight. It could have been a million. It could have been worth 10 million. There's no upward end to it, but you did put you, you, your risk in this scenario, quote unquote, and it is a risk is you put a down payment out. That down payment is there on the table and it cannot be taken back. So either it's going to go above and you're going to be fine as long as it goes above, you know, as long as it's more than the 20,000, as long as it's more than 420,000 when you're done, then you can't, you broke even, right? But again, if it went below, then you lost money. So at a very one-on-one simplified level, that's a, how a call option would work. Just that was a housing example, but exact same thing if you were talking about a stock and the stock price and if it was fluctuating, it's exactly how it would work. Now, on the other side, you can also buy what's called a put. And a put is your right to sell, remember. So in the first example, a call is similar to a home buying situation. And in a put example, it's very similar to an insurance policy. So let's just say uh, we, have, we end up getting that house, okay? And now we want to buy a put. And what is a put? A put would be similar to like a home insurance policy, right? And let's say we take out a home insurance policy today and we're covered for two years. And let's say that home insurance and policy, that policy is $800. So for the next two years, we just paid upfront a premium of $800 to gain the policy. They handed it to us, we have the policy now. And for $800, we are covered for the next two years for any damages to the house, okay? Again, very simple situation. They're obviously more complicated than this, but in this example, we have coverage for two years. Let's say this is example one, okay? This is what can happen with a put. So you, you are hoping that nothing, you're, you're, hope, you're basically, in this example and how it correlates to stocks, we're really hoping, or actually, I'm just going to walk through this scenario. Let me just walk through this scenario. I'll tell you what happens. And then I will correlate this to stocks a little more because puts are, in my opinion, are a little confusing. So in this example, let's say within the two years, we're year in and a flood happens. And me and my wife can vouch for this. This is a shitty process. This happened to us, our home. We bought this house a little less than two years ago. And the very first winter we were here, we had a flooded basement from a, a, a burst pipe. So within the first two years, let's say a flood happens, right? Now, if you would have bought the put, you paid that $800 for the premium for the protection, right? So that's the money you put in. But let's just say the basement costs $30,000 to repair, okay, which is very possible and it can happen. Um, in this situation, you have the option to buy the put and you would because they that now some the cost is way way below um that $800. So you exercise you use your policy and the policy holder or the person selling the put is responsible for the $30,000. So it, it it actually happened it exercised it went below your price so right the first situation we were talking about above now we're talking about below it went below your price you exercised and you, they would pay you $30,000. So that's the difference between the damage and no damage back to you to cover that cost, right? And let's say in the other insurance example, you know, the two years goes by, no damage occurs. The insurance company isn't paying you anything, but you still paid them the premium and they just kept that, that premium, right? In the grand scheme of things, it's the same thing as the down payment in the last example. Now, how exactly does this happen with stock price, right? So let's say you buy your put option. So you're, you're betting that a price of a stock is going to go down, but really you're hedging that it's going to go below your strike price that you're buying, right? So if a stock price is at, at 20, then you buy a put for the next two years that it's going to, in two years, it'll be at $10. And at the end of it, it actually is at five. 
In that example, you'd want to exercise it, right? Because it's actually below your strike price. So you could, you have the right to sell the stock at $10 and they would have to pay you the difference. So that the person that's selling that put on the other side of the coin would have to sell it at five, but you have the right to gain $10 in revenue. So for every share, they got to pay you five bucks. So that's how a put would work. And then on the flip side, if it doesn't go below 10, which is where your strike price was, let's say it ends at 12, then again, you would have just paid that premium when you bought the put and the seller doesn't have to pay you anything. So where this, where it's kind of interesting is like, if you're buying, and I was telling you at the beginning, like I'm more interested in buying calls and puts because you kind of know your worst case scenario, but your upside is phenomenal, right? You could be anything. It could be as high or as, if it goes low, it could be as, you know, you can make as much money as, as, po as infinitely possible. Or if you're on the other side, you could have lots of smaller, you could sell a lot of smaller calls and puts. And hopefully over time, you know, you're chunking up all these premiums or these down payments into your pocket. But the risk there is if something blows up one way or the other, you're responsible or liable to pay the difference. So I hope that all makes sense. I mean, like how they work. It's calling it, I personally think the name calls and puts make things more complicated it just adds another name to this equation but i hope that makes sense the home buying example with calls the insurance policy example with puts and how you you know depending on which one you're buying you either want to be above the strike or below the strike and then best case scenario you make more you make more whether it ends on either side of that strike price and then if it comes in between and doesn't hit it you lose your premium awesome I hope that makes sense. This one could be the first podcast. I feel like there could be tons of questions. So if you have questions, please, please ask. I would love to help and explain any of this to all of you. Um, the only other piece is kind of like why. So why do people you know, trade options versus just buying shares of stock? Really, the first one is speculation. Um, I think people... A good example right now is the, is the kind of this pandemic and the coronavirus and how it's affected the economy. Um, you can really minimize or know your potential losses with options, right? So again, if, if your option is not exercised, you know what you're either in the put option, the premium, or in the call option, the down payment, you know what that is. So minimally, you already put that in, you know you're not gonna lose more than that, right? That can be a huge advantage. You, can, you all see in today's world, if you're someone who was in the stock market and needed to jump out because you needed that cash, you could have lost a lot more, right? And so this just gives people another way to kind of have some stability and diversify their portfolios even more. Uh, the other one is hedging. So options can actually, and I've never done this, but it's an interesting topic and a lot of huge companies and, and you know, big investment firms do this all the time. But you can really uh, protect yourself in case you have a long position in the, in the opposite direction. I'll break that down. What does that mean? So a long position would be like what most people are investing in. And that would be, for example, today, if I bought Apple stock, if I'm hoping Apple is just going up and up and growing, like most people's investments, that's a long position. You're hoping that over, you're hoping that that stock price is going to continue to go up and you make money off of their growth. Now, if I wanted to hedge uh, Apple, I could have a long position. I could just buy shares and hope they go up. But if I'm nervous about that and I'm like, I think it's a great company, but I'm not confident in the, in the way the price is going to move, I could buy a put and I could buy a put at a lower price. And that way, if, if the price falls below that in my 
long position or like the, the shares that I had bought, those might lose value quickly, right? But I could gain some of that back by exercising my put. So they kind of like help to offset each other. I hope that makes sense. And that's definitely another 101 macro level explanation of how that works. But you can imagine just that's one company I'm talking about and how you and I could hedge our own portfolios. Imagine major, major institutions that spend millions, if not billions of dollars in investments. They can have hedges all over the place like that. Um, so it's, that's, hedging is a whole nother interesting topic we could go into. All right, everybody. Well, that's episode 30. Uh, it's Friday evening here in Chicago. I hope all of you have another great weekend. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy. I know this uh, pandemic and the stay-at-home order for us has now been extended through the end of May. Um, so I hope all of you are you know, staying physically and mentally healthy. I, I really hope that this podcast is adding value to a lot of your lives during this pandemic. I really kind of got the, the concept to relaunch this during the stay-at-home order. Like We all have extra time uh, being at home, whether that's morning, nights, um, you know, during the time you used to commute, whatever it may be. And I wanted to take that extra time and make it positive for all of you. And I really hope that's, that's working and that's happening. And I would love to get feedback from any of you on that. Um, and yeah, I just want to send some positivity, some positivity today. Uh, it's, you know, it's never easy to hear that we're going to be stuck at home without restaurants and going out and having fun for another month, but it's probably for the better of all of us. So Good luck to all of you. I hope you had a great week in the market if you were investing. I hope you learned something new this week. We'll be back tomorrow morning for a Saturday edition uh, of the podcast. And thanks again for listening. I hope you guys have a great Friday night and I will talk to you soon. See ya. Oh, hey there, everybody. Not quite done yet. Just wanted to add a little ending to today's episode. Uh, if you look in the show notes, don't forget, there's a few links there. The first one being a link to uh, my stock market rebound tracker. This is essentially a free Google Sheet tool for any of you to use and share with your friends um, that just basically maps out the stocks that I am keeping an eye on. Uh, potentially looking to invest in and really just wanting to keep on the radar. So definitely check that out. And then if you are new to investing and really want to try it for yourself, uh, I would suggest using the second link in the show notes, which is basically a link to Robinhood, which is the platform I use for all of my investments. You get free trading, no commission fees whatsoever. And by the way, Robinhood is not a sponsor of the podcast, um, but you will be able to get a free stock uh, by signing up using my link. So get after it. Try out some investing. Uh, thanks again for listening. And most importantly, stay positive. Have a good day. And I will talk to you guys soon. Goodbye.